You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 315. Today, I'm going to talk about the most valuable skill that you could possibly learn and have. The most valuable skill on the planet. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and with 13 years online, I've built my business to over $9 million in sales per year. And this is the first non-business business podcast that shows you how to apply the principles of spirituality, energy, and mindset to create true and lasting success all from the inside out. This is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode here on the Mind Your Business Podcast. I think this is the last episode I'm recording in 2019. That means 2020 is right around the corner, if not already here for you while listening, which means 12 months of new opportunities and possibilities that await you. And if you haven't checked out our free mini course, on how to set your goals right so that you can have a different 2020 than 2019. Like the biggest fear would be that in 12 months from now, you're right where you were at the end of 2019. It's like business as usual, right? So we have a free course for you that's here to help you design your 2020 the right way, how to avoid the mistakes and pitfalls of goal setting and you know setting strategic plans in place. And you can grab that program for free. The feedback you guys have been sharing on that has been amazing. So thank you. When you head over to jameswilmer.com forward slash goal setting, you're going to get that goal setting mini course absolutely free. That's my thanks for listening gift for you. Here's what we're going to talk about today. I am going to share with you and teach you the most valuable skill on the planet. This is hands down. I don't think anything could be more important or valuable than this skill right here. And I think... Most people suck at it. Not you, of course, but everybody else, right? They suck at it. Now, what is that most valuable skill? It's the skill of learning. Now, that's what we're going to learn today. Yes, you're going to learn how to learn. So, pause just a moment. What have you already said to yourself after I've revealed what today's topic is? Eh, not interested. Eh, that's boring. I already know how to learn. No, thanks. Next episode. Okay. If that's you, like, let's just be really honest with ourselves, right? We can lie to ourselves all day long, but we kind of know when we're lying to ourselves. If that's what you immediately said, awesome. You have just perfectly demonstrated a lack of mastery around the skill of learning. You will not learn something new. And I promise you, there is something new for you here in this episode. When we're constantly going around saying, "Mm, that's not what I need, not relevant, not important, I already know that, no thanks. That is the opposite of learning. That is the, that know-it-all mentality. And, you know, there's all those amazing quotes out there, right? Like Socrates and Einstein and stuff saying how the more they learned, the more they grew, the more they realized how little they actually know. And look at us here as we start to say, hey, I'm going to teach you how to learn. You're like, nah, I don't need that. (laughs) 
So by the way, just a side note, we're not going to get into this too much, but I have this whole gripe. I have this, you know, what really grinds my gears is the whole traditional learning, traditional education. Like we learned how to learn in school, the public education system. Don't get into my whole thing about how the public education system failed us, especially failed us as entrepreneurs. I think they did a really great job of teaching you how to stay in line, ask for permission and be good, hardworking employees. But most of my listeners here, you, that's not who you are, right? I I actually think the number one skill we learned in school, again, this is only based off my own personal experience, is how to memorize. Hey, read this book and then show me how good you are at remembering what you read. Now, ironically, practices and and training such as like NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, will tell you that you can vastly increase your memorization skills based on internal strategies, like what you see in your mind, how you picture something in your mind, and even where you place that in your mind. And that can increase your ability to recall something. But we don't even learn that in school, which is really funny, right? What we didn't learn in school Okay, what maybe I can just speak to myself because people get really triggered and offended by these topics. I don't know why, but whatever it is, what it is. But I think it's important for me to mention all of this because so much of what we're going to learn today, we have to just keep in the back of our mind as context of like 90% of our learning was done in this environment of this little kid that was, you know, operating in a hypnotized subconscious state for our younger years. And we're just a sponge and we're just receiving what someone who's bigger and taller and in an authoritarian role just said, here, this is how the world works. This is how life works. This is what you need to learn, right? But we didn't learn in school how to think, like how to think for ourselves. I think it was more we were told what to think. And that's really what we're going to talk about here, especially for my entrepreneurs, is that a big part of learning is relearning how to think, Now, we can go way down this rabbit hole again. For more on this, I would highly recommend you do some YouTubeage, some searching on Sir Ken Robinson. I love everything that that gentleman has to share. He's all about education reform. It's like paradigm shifting education reform. Uh, He talks about, I think what they're called like genius tests, where they can measure, they can do this test and they can measure your creative, imaginative genius on a relative score, right? But the point is, is it's relative. And what they did is they had these students retest year after year as they're going through school and they are noticing that their scores went lower and lower and lower. And I think one of the examples they give is like, ask a little child like, hey, how many uses and what are the uses of a paperclip? A little kid with like just this massive imagination is gonna say like, well, how big is the paperclip? What's the paperclip made out of? You can use it as a giant slingshot. They can slingshot you to the moon, right? And by the time you're in high school, you're so resigned to just say, what do you mean? You, you can use it to throw spit wads and hold paper together. That's it. That scares me, folks. I think one of my big fears would be that like, I would lose my imagination. You know, even just the thought or idea that my creative imaginative abilities would somehow be dampened or taken away is like, oh, Hell no, right? So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how to learn, but it's really about how to think for yourself and what's preventing you from really learning. This is so important because if we want to look at the results you want in your life and in your business and they're not there and you're like, I don't get it. I'm listening to all the podcasts and taking all the courses and it's not working. I'm pointing the finger 
at your inability to actually learn something that's there for you to learn. This is so important. And when you master this, you master anything. That's why I'm calling this the most important skill on the planet. Because you could say, no, this skill is, you know, skill ABC or like the elemental P skill or, you know, like, no, learning selling or communication. Yes. And can you truly master those skills if you haven't mastered the ability to learn new skills? No, you can't. You can't. So what inspired this? Well, what inspired this is something specific, but I've always been a student. I love learning. I don't know what it is. I think you're going to have to adopt that behind all of this. It's like you're just going to have to love to learn. You know, business itself, especially the nature of the business we're in, requires that attitude. It requires that love for learning and knowledge, learning not just about new things like marketing and sales and social media and all that stuff, but like learning more about yourself and who you are and how the hell you're getting in your own way because we all are, let's face it. And I love that. I love that. And I'm really just sick and tired and just have very little patience and tolerance for the complainer waners, you know, that are like, oh, there's so much to learn. I'm going to learn about this. Wow. You should do a TED Talk on that. <laughs> so inspiring. It's just to be constantly learning. You're never going to learn it all. You're not, there's nothing like, oh, congratulate. And that's like one of the things that I think we just subtly get tricked into with like school is like when you have graduations and tests and completion, you tend to believe that you reach some pinnacle height of like, congratulations, you've learned everything about blah, blah, blah. You've learned everything about life, living, human beings, the world, and how the universe works. Congratulations. No, it doesn't stop. If you're actually thinking that there's like this finite amount of knowledge, and I'm, I'm 70% of the way there. I've, I've learned 70% of what there is to learn. Uh, no. <laughs> and I think we get complacent and we, get, we have this belief or this idea that there's only so much to learn and we've learned it all and we're good and I learned everything I need to learn and if it wasn't in school, then it's not worth learning. That's crazy pants. It's totally crazy pants. So, we are lifetime students of knowledge and how much knowledge is out there? Infinite. Infinite knowledge. And boy, the, the quicker you get on just embracing that you're going to inevitably need to keep learning and it just doesn't stop, the quicker we can just start enjoying the process. But here's what inspired this is that if you've been following me on some of my my personal journey or my stories, you know that I've been out in Sedona. I'm actually recording this episode today in Sedona, Arizona. I'm looking out my hotel window and there's these red rocks and they're just covered in snow right now. It's freaking beautiful. It's so beautiful. But I've had this poll for a long time and I finally just said, F it, let's do it to invest in some properties and get some investment properties and build up a real estate portfolio and learn something new. And boy, is there a lot to learn? Is there a lot to learn? So I've been doing a lot of learning. That's what's inspired this is that I've had to go from someone who's a level of mastery in copywriting and sales and marketing and content creation and social media and online business and team building, all these things that I've developed a level of mastery of. And I'm not saying that to be braggadocious or anything, but that I know I'm at a level of mastery. I'm not saying the best or there's nothing else to learn, but a level of mastery to me means you can do it with ease. You know, it's like Maslow's unconscious competence. So I can do it well 
unconsciously. Like it's second nature to me. That's how you should be striving. That should be a goal for you. And it produces results and like really freaking good results. When you do something for 13, 14 years straight, you better, better bet you're going to get to a level of mastery. However, when it comes to now investing in real estate, although I, I am a homeowner myself, as an investment, it's a whole nother ball game. Therefore, ergo, I am starting at scratch. Dare I say that dreaded word, newbie. I hate that word. You guys know I hate that word. Stop calling yourself a newbie. You, you create an identity of being a newbie. In fact, one of the programs, and I'm going to have some shout outs to my mentors and coaches that are teaching me right now. They don't even know they're teaching me. The, one of the first things that they've both said is I'm learning, 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 new sponge of just open canvas, a, a an empty cup. Look at all these metaphors today. Is they're saying in, in their courses, you are a real estate investor now. Look at them speaking to me as change your identity. Change the way you see yourself and the way you see yourself will affect how you see the world. I get that. So I'm super coachable and I'm like, I'm in, I'm done. I'm coachable, I'm in, I'm an investor. So I could sit there and say like, I'm a newbie, I'm a newbie. I don't know anything, I don't know anything. Therefore, I can't do anything. So there's one thing to say, so the newbie says, I don't know anything, therefore I can't do anything. Whereas the know-nothing master says, I know nothing, therefore teach me, show me, and I will do. And the first thing I'm doing is not saying, I'm a newbie, I'm a newbie. I'm saying, I'm a real estate investor now. And that has me really excited. It also has me very coachable. So shout out to... Um, James Milnick. I don't know his last name. Meet Kevin. I found this guy on YouTube. I don't know his last name. And I've bought like all of his courses already. I've gone through like half his YouTube channel. And from James and Kevin, and there's a few other like videos and stuff I'm just watching. I've been literally going through hours a day. When I, I decided to drive to Sedona from California, I wouldn't always recommend that, especially when you're in a Tesla and you have to charge three times, uh, two times actually. I got here with like nine miles left on my... <laughs> battery, I listened to one of their courses the entire way here. That was intentional, right? So that I'm not sitting there driving myself crazy in the car. I'm learning, learning, I'm learning, I'm learning. So I've already gone through three courses already. And here's the other thing. Because I'm coachable, I'm an empty cup. I love that concept of being the empty cup. You know, you're such a know-it-all. You you're, you're, you're filled your cup up. Someone wants to give you more and there's no room. Just overflows, right? Love that metaphor. So I'm like, teach me. I'll be your best student. I'm your best disciple. I'm the most coachable. And I know I know nothing. I know, I know nothing because I've never done it before. And that's, look, we haven't even gotten into this episode yet. This is just my like whole like intro piece, like framing this for you. But look, if I wrote a book for you and it's like a book and an online course of what the workbook and resources and stuff on how to swim and I give it to you and you, you're like, James, I'm going to be your best student. You read that book cover to cover and you watch all the videos at the end of that. And let's say you've never been in a body of water besides like a bathtub before, right? You've never been in a swimming pool. You've never been in a lake. You've never been in the ocean, which would mean you didn't know how to swim. You read this book and you take this course and you finished it. And then I test you at the end, right? People do tests at the end of their courses. Test your knowledge, right? Just like you did in school. And you get an A+. The real question I have for you, hopefully you're listening still. Do you know how to swim? Well, yeah. I mean, clearly look at my test. I aced it. No. You understand the concept of swimming. You understand it and you have the knowledge of it. But is it really fair to say you know how to swim if you've never been in a body of water 
where you'll have to tread water and move and float. No. So when can you say without a shadow of a doubt that you know how to swim? When you're swimming, right? And this is why I'm speaking to this because yes, I know there's a million podcasts you can be listening to. There's 10 gajillion online courses you could be taking. And there's already a ton of other free stuff, newsletters, videos, you know, there's YouTube, there's all your Facebook ads you get every day. So you're filled with a ton of content, knowledge, and so many people, and this was me so I can see it in others, are living this mirage, this illusion that, yeah, I know how to create a course. I know how to run a business. I know how to do this. I know how to do that because they've understood the concept of it. But until you have it, until you've experienced it, until you've done it yourself, you cannot accurately say, I know how to do it. Just like swimming. So, with that being said, why am I saying this? Because it's all coming back to you, my friend. All for you. I know that. I know that. And I say, look, I can learn, you know, transference of knowledge. They can say, hey, here's the formula of what to look for in an investment property. And here's where your numbers should be. And I can do, I can understand the formula. But then until I go out into the field and do the work, it's just a concept. It's just a transference of knowledge and knowing. And not until I'm out there looking at a property, talking to an agent, and saying, here are the actual numbers, let's make an offer, am I having an experience? I'm taking action, and the result of taking action is having an experience, and it's experience that will be your true teacher, the true test of if you know or not. And I'll tell you, I'm learning so much from them, and the, the metaphor here is, that, or like kind of the simplistic picture, is that my coaches, my mentors in real estate investing right now are telling me where to go. They're pointing me in the right direction. They're saying like, head north or head east, right? But it's the experience of doing what they're asking me to do that is the true teacher. And then I come back and I go, oh, what do I do next? Okay. And then I do it and then I've learned it. And then I have the experience of that. Okay. So what is inspiring this entire episode is this fun journey that I'm on. I love learning. I love doing new things. Is that I'm back at the beginning again in a new business, in a new field that I know very little about. Now, I do have some advantages because my family's been in real estate, you know, for like my dad's like 40 years in real estate, my mom and my uncle. So I know all the lingo. I know all the terms. I understand everything. So I pick it up really fast. And boy, do we move fast? My poor wife, because I move so fast on things. It's hard for anybody, let alone her, to keep up with me. But we went out to Sedona right before Christmas, called up our agent, and we did two days of straight showings. We looked at 12 properties in two days, which is which is a lot. That's exhausting. It was like seven on one day and like five on another day. That was intense. And we made an offer on three, and we are in escrow in one. I mean, and this has happened like that in a week. And goodness, like I'm a whole completely different person, the amount of knowledge and information in such a short amount of time. I think too many people are struggling because they haven't learned how to learn. They haven't learned how to approach new information. And we're going to have a deep, deep conversation with this. It's really going to change and challenge some of your beliefs. And that's the whole point. And so I really want you to sit down, buckle up and stay open-minded and open-hearted to this conversation that we're going to have. Okay. Because this is about developing the mastery of the skill of learning how to learn and learning so that you can learn anything, really. Okay. So what I wanted to start with is the word that so many people use that I tend to not use too much, but we can use it here. That's mindset. 
I loved my the name of the podcast. Mind your business, right? So people just tend to say, oh, James is the mindset guy. Well, I've never said that, but hey, you can, you can use that. It's fine. So I Googled it and the word mindset defined is a set of beliefs or a way of thinking that determines somebody's behavior and outlook. Okay. So mindset is a set of beliefs or a way of thinking. So an example here that might be relevant to you is like we can have an employee mindset, right? So what's an employee mindset? Well, there's a set of beliefs. So it would be a whole list of them. It's like a suitcase and you open up the suitcase and in it is all these different beliefs that we need to unpack. And thank you. And one of those could be, it's different for everybody. It's, it's a malleable thing that your value is based on how long you work, right? So like, for example, if you're a bartender, which I was, and you are, your job is to tend bar, serve drinks, aka get people drunk. That's the value that you provide. The longer you do it for, the more value you provide. In other words, if there's people at your bar all day and you're only there for an hour, you only provide an hour of value. But if you're there all day, you serve those customers all day, right? Well, this makes sense. So from that mindset, that belief, value is based on how long you work. You want to make more money. What do most people do as an action, decision, or behavior from that mindset? Well, they just work longer. I used to do this. Hey, well, actually, side note, one of the reasons why I love bartending was because I hated the whole idea that your income is tied to how many hours you worked. So I want to become a bartender so that I could get better tips. I actually learned like bar magic and no joking. I learned bar magic and bar flair so that I could get better tips. It worked. But despite that little caveat, if you're like, hey, you know, and you look at any server, bartender, and they do this, they go, I want to make more money for the holidays. So what do they do? They pick up more shifts and they work longer, right? Or if you're like in another position, you might ask for a raise. You might ask for more money per hour, okay? So that's an example of someone in an employee mindset versus an entrepreneurial mindset. Is it the same thing? If I want to make more money, I should just work longer. Well, that's what a lot of struggling entrepreneurs try to do. That was me for a long time. How's that working out for you, right? The entrepreneurial mindset is, this is just one of many, of course, is they look for problems because they know problems are where the biggest opportunities lie. Entrepreneurs know that when there's a problem, people need that problem solved. And if they, if it's a big enough problem and the desire to solve it is big enough, people are going to pay for that. When people are going to pay for it, there's opportunity. So problem equals opportunity, right? And from this place, entrepreneurs know, great entrepreneurs know that creating value has nothing to do with time. It's nothing to do with time. A 15-minute call you and I could radically transform the direction of your life and business. We've had it happen on hot seats in our mastermind more time than I can count. Five, 10, 15-minute hot seat can drastically change the entire direction of someone's business and take them from like a quarter of a million dollar business to seven, multiple seven figures in a year or two from one conversation. That's value. It's problem solved, right? Because I can take 13 years of everything I know and done and I can, bam, give somebody the answer, the solution, the value in 15 minutes, okay? But that's how entrepreneurs think. So what's the right one? What's the better one? Well, that's another mindset. <laughs> that's your right or wrong mindset that everything is right or what's the best or which one's wrong. But that in of itself is a whole nother belief system that something's right and something's wrong. And that's why everyone hates each other around election times. And, you know, that's why every post on social media is people just bashing each other is because everyone's stuck in a right or wrong mindset. No, I'm right. No, you're wrong. Right. That's why relationships struggle so much. We get into a right or wrong. I'm right. So what am I going to do? I'm going to make you wrong. 
right? Ha ha, I win. That's just another mindset. So what if we didn't even look at mindset or entrepreneur versus employee mindset? What's the right one or the wrong one? It's rather just having one is going to get you one result and having another is going to get you another role. However, no matter what mindset you have, that frame, that view, it's like a view, a frame of reference or a lens through which you see the world, right? So when everyone else goes, oh my gosh, the economy, oh my gosh, recession, a great entrepreneur says, ooh, opportunity, here we go, right? They see things differently. No matter which is the right or wrong one, or no matter which one you have, no matter which one, you are blind to something. That's going to sting some people because they, they want to know, I have the right mindset. No, it's not about right or wrong. That's another mindset. And every mindset, every mindset, every way in which you choose perspective, call it a perspective, right? You are blind to something. There is some distortion that is constraining or limiting something, okay? The quicker you just kind of accept that, that there's something you're always not seeing, no matter what perspective you're taking, the more aware we can be and actually be more flexible in looking at different perspectives instead of just being so dogmatically, stubbornly stuck into one perspective, okay? So here's my stupid analogy. It's like looking through a pair of night vision binoculars, You'll see the things that are in front of you really well because it's night vision and you're looking at the in, at night, you're going to see like that raccoon. I don't know. It's the first animal pops up really well, right? You know, it's dark out through the binoculars. It's night vision. You're going to see it really well. Now it's going to be green. It's going to be tinted, but you're going to see that thing really well. So the entrepreneurial mindset's going to see opportunity really well, right? But with those binoculars, you're not really going to see anything beyond the scope of the binoculars. You're not going to see any, you know, it's like a big circle is formed. You don't see anything to the, to the sides. You just see that. And it's green. When it's not really green, it just appears green through the lens, right? So something to consider a, as this metaphor, right? So we all have different, you know, frame of references or perspectives or a view. But how did we get to this view? Well, <laughs> Like I said, with talking earlier about my little gripe about the traditional educational system, there's a lifetime behind us of decisions that we've made. A lot of these decisions are subconscious. I've talked about before on the podcast, I made a decision at the age of five that I'm not athletic because I was picked last. No joke. This sounds so like made for TV moment, but I was picked last for kickball. I'm I'm not even joking. And I just hated that sense of rejection and isolation so much that I said, I'm not cut out for this. I don't want to experience that ever again. Therefore, I opt out of sports. I'm not athletic. And that was a decision I made. I didn't even recognize it till like this year. So we make decisions about who we are, who we're not, how the world is, how we are, how our life is, how people are, how you know money is, how whatever. Uh, consciously and unconsciously, we have interpretations and conclusions. We form these beliefs and assumptions. Assumptions about life, your life, the world, yourself, business, right? Now, interestingly enough, <laughs> I got to ask this, right? As you're, if you're staying along with this uh, line of chit-chat here we're having here, how many of your beliefs about business, like how many decisions you make about the way business is or beliefs about business were formed before you were ever in business. This is one of the things, and if you're listening carefully, I think is is a massive indicator of what trips so many people up in business. They come into business and they think they know everything about business and marketing and selling because everything they've learned about business, marketing, and selling has been on the as a consumer. 
So you're taking a consumer mindset and an employee mindset and trying to be an entrepreneur and a business owner. And I see it all the time. They say things like, here's a great example. This is a, <laughs> such a great example. I don't know why I would ever write a long page or create a long page sales letter. I never read those. Just going to let that one sink in, right? So you've created a belief based on about business and about selling and marketing from a consumer standpoint, but now you're not a consumer. I mean, in this context, you're not, but you're holding on to the same beliefs of a consumer. This is what I'm talking about when we're getting to this conversation about learning. So we have to kind of do this. We have to take this step back talking about this whole mindset thing, right? So it's the consumer in you that is the one that is creating the viewer mindset for the entrepreneur, right? Another example of is selling is so sleazy. Uh, do I have to sell? It's so sleazy. Who decided that? Who decided that? Chances are it was you as a consumer being sold to, right? Someone was trying to sell you something. I'll never forget this. I was broke in college. I was at the guitar shop and I wanted to get a guitar, but I had no money. And this guy was so aggressive with me that it turned me off to sell. Oh my goodness, like so sleazy, right? So selling is sleazy. Who determined that? Who decided that belief was true? The consumer in you as a consumer when you're being sold to, right? But here's the thing, selling isn't sleazy. What are you talking about? Selling is just the act of transferring a service or a good or a product for money. This happens all freaking day long. You realize if this stopped, the entire world economy and countries would just collapse and riot, okay? <laughs> it's happening all day long. Selling isn't sleazy, people are sleazy, okay? And people can be sleazy when they attempt to sell, when they attempt to trans that transference, they can do it in a sleazy way. But we all have examples of loving being sold to. I mean, think about it. Up until Amazon, now that malls are like ghost towns, spooky, haunted malls, we went to malls to buy stuff as a pastime. Hey, what do you want to do? I don't know. Let's go buy stuff at the mall, right? It's sold to all the time. When you like it, we all have experiences of loving the sales process, right? Okay. So, I hope you're starting to get this. Now, I come to, I'm going to use a metaphor here that we're going to use for the rest of this episode. I come to see each of these beliefs. So, okay, again, like the mindset is like a group of or set of beliefs. I come to see each of these beliefs, this is my weird thing, as an individual link in a chain. So, you imagine like a, a metal chain, you know, like those big heavy chains, right? Big ones. Each belief is like an individual link in one of those chains. And really, it's like a series of chains. Now, really what I believe happens is that these chains for most of us almost come to imprison you, if you will, or like chain you up. If you look at this, we have a certain mindset. We don't really know what our mindset is. We just say this is the way the world is. Most of us don't walk around saying, I have a optimistic mindset. We think we do, and then we like complain about something two minutes later, right? We just think this is the way it is. No, it's not the way it is. That's the way you experience it. And the way you experience it is based on the mindset that you hold. And so each one of these individual beliefs 
we can use as a metaphor is like a, a chain, a link in a chain. And these start linking together. And what you'll notice is that they all fit together really nicely. They connect. They make sense. If you kind of look in your life and you start to look for yourself, you start to investigate these beliefs, they tend to all work in what I would just say like in harmony. Like they don't conflict with each other too much. Okay? They connect, they make sense. I really like this idea of harmony. Now, notice what I said. They're in harmony with each other, not necessarily in harmony with what you want. Right? So there's like what you want and then there's all these links in the chain that are unharmonious that lack harmony with what you want. You know, the classic example is like, I want to be successful, but I'm afraid of failure. But I feel failure, right? So, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like these links and these chains, if you can kind of get this metaphor and stay with me, is like our work of art. We spend so much of our lives gathering these links, putting them together, you know, in a nice order in an attempt to make sense of the world. And really, I think we do that so that we, we can have peace of mind that we can survive in the world. It's like we have such this need to understand, you know, how the world works so that we can survive in it. Ironically, the more we do that, the more we run the risk of being imprisoned by each of these beliefs because they will constrain and distort the world around you. So many of these little links in the chains Yes, they've to help us make sense of the world, but it's to help us survive in the world. It's like self-preservation. Okay. So I had to share that little piece because here's what I'm getting to. You're like, I thought, okay, well, we're going to learn how to learn today. Here's why I'm sharing all that. When you discover something new, you're presented with something new. Some of what I'm sharing here may be something new, which means it's also an opportunity to say, how do I show up when I'm hearing and receiving something new? What do I do? Something to look at. That's like meta level insightfulness, right? When you discover something new, notice that you will have this need to make sense of it. Like if I handed you an individual link on a chain and you'd never heard of this thing before, this is brand new to you. Staying with the metaphor, right? What is it you immediately want to do? You look at it and you say, where does this go on my all my chains? What is this like that I already have, right? It's like you do this giant Google search for the rest of your chains. Is it like this other thing? Is it like that thing? It's like, uh, <laughs> we all do this, okay? So what we do is we attempt to fit what is new into what we already know so that it's in harmony, doesn't threaten the rest of our links in the chain. It doesn't threaten this idea or model that we've created of how life is, how business is, how the world is, how we are, right? Where does it fit? Where does it go? Hey, 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 hey. Does it go here? Does it go here? Does it go here? Right? So when you do understand something, what do you say? Oh, that makes total sense, right? You may have found yourself saying that now or saying, I have no idea what the heck this guy's saying. When you're saying, oh, that makes total sense, James, Aren't you just saying, oh, okay, I found a, a way to make this fit with what I already know. So then is that really learning? So what happens, this is what we're getting to, this is it. What happens when you have something new 
this new link, right? This new piece of information that is in direct conflict with the existing links. Like it doesn't agree with, it doesn't fit. I hope this metaphor is landing for you guys. Here's what happens for most. In other words, you get something new and it doesn't fit your existing model of the world. Number one, here's what happens. And this is the most common one, in my opinion. I think this is the biggest one. It's the most scariest one. It goes in one ear and out the other. It's gone. It's deleted. You have no conscious recollection whatsoever. It never happened. And you have no idea that it never happened. In other words, someone just gave you freaking gold and you didn't even know it. And being a teacher and a coach for so many years, not only (laughs) have I seen this happen more times than I'm willing to admit, but I can tell exactly when it's happening. Oh, my goodness. And I'm not immune to this, folks, okay? So please, I'm not holier than out though. I've noticed when like someone's had to tell me something 10 times before I got it. But I can't tell you how many people have come to me and I'm like, they're like, James, I finally blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I've been telling you that for two years. And they just laugh. Some of them are like, no. And then others, and these are so kind when they say this to me, like, James, thank you. I know you've been saying the same thing over and over and over again. It finally clicked for me. And that's because when something, and look, part of what I do and what I teach and in my programs from business by the design all the way up to my mastermind is very counterintuitive. I am challenging so much of our clients and members existing belief system, how they think things work. You have to be willing to because the fact of the matter is, is if you look at the amount of businesses that are successful, it's a small number. So if you want to continue to hold the beliefs and opinions that the majority think, but still adopt the results that the few minority have, how's that working out for you? That doesn't make any sense to me. We must be willing to let go of that old mindset and adopt a new worldview, okay? But this is the scariest one, because you didn't even know it's ha- it's the silent killer. <laughs> I should have started this episode. It sounds like a tonight at 11, the silent killer in your business. You didn't even know. You didn't even know that the thing you needed to learn went right in one ear out the other. I'm not even joking about it. I'm spending time on this. You literally are not consciously aware that you received information and it went in one ear and out the other and it was what you needed. Why didn't you not receive it? Because your, you know, worldview, your belief system is so important to your survival and self-preservation that this came in immediate conflict. It threatened that worldview that your subconscious mind goes, nope, uh-uh, forget it. Spit it out, spit it out, <laughs> get it out, okay? And if you don't believe me, if you're rejecting this, Number one, that's a great, perfect indicator, okay? So like, there it is in action. But if you don't believe me, take any great book that someone has recommended to you that you've read once, read it again. How many times have you heard people saying, man, when I read it again, it's like I'm reading a completely different book. Oh, I found something I didn't know before. Retake any great course 
re-listen to any great podcast, I guarantee you, you will experience it differently. Why? Because you're in a different place now than you were when you listened to it the first time and there was something that got deleted in your listening that won't now. Try it. See it for yourself. And that will probably delight you and scare you at the same time. Like how much select, you've heard it, selective hearing do we have when it comes to learning? Okay, now we're gonna address all of this, but these, these are kind of the symptoms, right? They're the, the problems here. Now, going back to this, there's another thing that happens when someone presents something new, like new information to you, and it just totally doesn't agree with your existing model of the world. The second thing we do is we say, that's nonsense, right? So you consciously receive it and then consciously reject it. That doesn't make any sense to me. Notice when you wanna start noticing when you say things like that, that doesn't make any sense. Yes, according to your sense, it doesn't. You've created all these links in the chain of how you think things work, and they got you to here. What got you here won't get you there. And now someone says, yes, but to do this, you need this new information. No, that doesn't fit anything that I have. So I reject it. I can't tell you how many people who start going through my program say, that doesn't make any sense. I said, good. <laughs> it would worry me if it did make sense. <laughs> Based on where you're coming from, it should completely spit in the face of all of your pre-existing beliefs. And if it just made sense, then you wouldn't really need me. Think about that for a moment. If everything you're teaching and coaching people on made sense, people don't really need you. You're just telling them more of what they already know. Hmm. The third thing we do is when we get something new that doesn't fit, we will distort it until it does fit. We will change it until it does fit into our world, into our model, into our mindset. Mm, I'll just tweak this, change this, distort that, and boom. Oh, okay. Yeah, totally makes sense now. Got it. Oh, that's like this thing. Bop, bop, bop. And we just, no, it's not like that thing. All right. I have a great example of this, and my members in Business by Design will, they'll know who I am, but I put, wrote a post in our group recently about, the difference and the distinction between outsourcing and how important it is to be outsourcing and delegating and just throwing money at a problem. And there were people in that group, and you can just see it in the comments, it's very, it's very noticeable, it's okay. It is what it is, who would just reply and they used what I wrote to confirm their pre-existing belief system about not outsourcing and not delegating. I knew I shouldn't have been outsourcing. Yes, I know I shouldn't be delegating. I'm just going to do it all myself. People will distort. That's not at all what I said. I said, don't throw money at a problem, hoping it's going to go away. But I actually talked about the distinction, the difference between the two. But people who had a pre-existing worldview of, I don't want to outsource because it's, there's something bad, scary, expensive, wrong, or time-consuming, or blah, blah, blah about it, read it, and they got their version of it, which was, oh, good, confirmation that I shouldn't be outsourcing. I kid you not. And this is what we do all day long. We distort what someone's telling us to fit what we already know. So, conclusion, what I'm getting at, how much of your time spent learning, like when you're listening to this episode or any podcast or course, is spent actually learning? Or is it just confirming what you already know and just polishing it up a little bit? And then you're subconsciously rejecting anything that conflicts with your current version of reality. In short, what I'm getting at is that we don't really know how to learn. 
I don't think we really learned it in school. I think we were taught what to think, but not how to learn. I'm talking about to learn something new, right? To master something new that can totally go against everything that we believe to be true up into our lives right now. I think the jump from consumer and employee to entrepreneur is one of the biggest because it's like flipping everything upside down. But people want to hold on to that same worldview, the same belief system uh, that they had when they were never an entrepreneur or business owner in the past and still have the results of an entrepreneur and a business owner. This is why I see people that are different types of business owners and then they build an online business and they start with me and I see how much faster they grow. And I'm not even surprised. They're like, oh yeah, well, I had like a brick and mortar for like five years or something like that. Or, you know, I had a, a yoga studio for the last 10 years. Yeah, not surprised. Yes, more experience, 100%, because experience creates that true knowledge, but they have a very different mindset and approach to it, right? So going from being a consumer and an employee to an entrepreneur will take something from you. It will take mastering how to learn because you'll have to grapple and sit with things that will so challenge the fundamental principles about how you think the world works. I'm sorry, it will. So if you're an entrepreneur, right, and you don't have any resemblance of the results that you want right now, we can begin to point to this, that the prevailing mindset or perspective that you have when it comes to business, when it comes to your specific industry, and when it comes to yourself and when it comes to your future, is most likely just going to give you more of the same. It's just going to get more of the same. That's why a lot of people, and this is why I'm kind of doing this episode as well, are going to go get excited about goals, have our goal setting thing, jimsover.com forward slash goal setting, and then they're going to end up and most, their 2020 will look like 2019. Why? Because they are approaching their business and their life and themselves the same way. No perspective change, no mindset change. They're just doing the same thing, but they're a little bit more inspired. So they're working a little harder, a little longer. Their revenue goes from 180,000 to 210 or 195,000, right? That's just a little better, little more, okay? It's not just enough to add on a few more links to your chain or polish up a few of those links and then expect a completely different result. Are you still with me? Say yes out loud so that people at Starbucks think you're weird. Yes, James. Good. So how do we know that this is happening? Okay. Have you begun to pay attention to what you are telling yourself as you even hear me in this podcast? As you're listening to me, are you also listening to yourself? Have you been saying things? Or Sorry, I don't even want to ask it that way. Have you been? Of course you have. Have you noticed, have you gotten present to that little monkey mind voice in your head saying, does this make sense? James, can I have another example? By the way, speaking about examples, you want to actually learn something that is new to you by using an example that is consistent with your existing belief system. Think about that for a second, right? I think I've heard this. Oh, I've heard that. Yep, I've heard this before, right? This is that part of you that's trying to Sift and sort. It's like the defender at the gates that's like, I won't let anything that's new and conflicting in to the castle. So we got to make sure everyone's on the same page here. All these links have to agree with each other, right? New is scary. I think I've heard this before. 
Well, that's like this other thing, right? That's you trying to get it to fit. Or there's just the like, no, doesn't make sense. I don't agree. Oh, I agree with that part, but not that part, right? Notice what's happening there and just get present to that. We're doing this all day long. I do it all the time. (laughs) Okay, so here's one reason why I believe we are doing that. Like, it's crazy if you think about it. Like, logically, it's the most illogical thing. Hi, you're my mentor. I'm going to pay you a bunch of money and then I'm going to spend a bunch of time listening to you and I'm not going to take any of your advice. Or I'm going to challenge everything you say. I can't, I mean, it's part of the process. And so I love each of my students and clients so much. And I just know it's part of the process, but it makes their lives so much harder. Like I enjoy it. I'll take a good challenging client, but it's like, why waste your personal power so much? Why waste so much? Here's my money. I give you my money because I trust you. I want to have something that you have and I'm going to take the time to learn from you or think I'm learning. I put that in air quotes, but then I'm going to just like reject half of what you say and then challenge the rest. Oh, but that piece right there fits with my existing model of the world. So I'll take that, but I didn't learn anything new. What? (laughs) Okay. So here's why I I believe we do that because it just doesn't make sense, right? Why would we do that? Why would we like want to learn so much, but then we're actually just rejecting and distorting half of what we take in? Here's why. It comes down to the fear of how we feel. We fear emotions. We fear certain... And emotions are just sensations of moving energy in the body, right? But we fear these. And you hold that like, you know, what we resist persists, right? We resist those negative emotions of things like confusion, overwhelm, uncertainty. Like when people are like, I'm stuck, I'm lost, I'm so confused, I'm so overwhelmed. Most people... If you guys get this, this is game changer. And I know it sounds so simple, but when we're putting this all together, this is freaking profound. Most people reject and resist those emotional states and want to get the hey out of there as quickly as possible. You don't wake up every day and say, like, I would love to just be completely confused and overwhelmed and uncertain. I love that, right? We want to know everything. We want to know how everything works. We want to, you know, all that certainty and clarity and all that stuff, right? And so when someone gives you something new and you don't know where that fits, you start to get the, I'm confused. I thought it was, but how was this? I don't know. So what do we do? Get rid of it. All right. And we just go back to where we were because it's safer. It's more comfortable and it's more familiar. We love familiar. Oh my goodness. We're addicted to familiar, right? We will do whatever we can to get out of those emotions. So to actually learn something new, it will require you to sit and be with these emotions. It's really simple. You have to be present with them. You have to to get present to when you're overwhelmed and when you're confused, when you're frustrated by something and begin to recognize it as a good thing that your subconscious mind is beginning to grapple with, process and assimilate new information. And if you're in such a rush to get rid of it, what you're doing is you're rejecting that new information. For those that are willing to sit with it, you're going to get to keep it. Not the emotion, but the information. And that's what I've been going through every day. 
right now. That's why this is like so exciting to me. But to me, I love it. It's so much information coming at me so fast and I have a million questions. And then as soon as I answer one of those questions, a million more questions come up. And then I'm like, wait, but what about... And then you're like, oh my gosh, we're dealing with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars here. And you know, the fear and the limiting like little voices come up and all that stuff. And I'm just... I've trained myself by now to just be present to that and experience that and be excited about it and be grateful for it and say every day I'm I'm learning something and it's sticking and I'm making progress and I'm moving forward and I'm figuring this out and that's all that matters and that's awesome and I trust my mentors and I'm going to listen to them, especially when it goes against what I thought was the right way to do things. And they have definitely, absolutely shared some things that I was like, what? That doesn't make sense listen to me, right? I say, but what do I know? Okay. What do I know? I know nothing. I'm here to be coachable. So hopefully this is, this is making sense for you. So here's your action items. If you look, I'm just going to say, if you don't get this or you're unwilling to do this and the steps I'm going to give you, you're probably wasting a lot of your time getting courses and listening to podcasts. That's why a lot of people feel so quote unquote, coursed out. The courses aren't the problem, folks. We just haven't learned how to learn. I love courses. I just, I get so baffled and I just always, I've had other episodes, you guys have heard me get on this whole rant where people are just like, not another course, it's like not another opportunity to learn something that's gonna make me more money. What the what? (laughs) People think I'm like lying or joking when I say it's one to two courses a week. No, and right now it's more than that. It's It's been three courses in a week and I'm just like pouring through them. And I've got courses for different members of my team, for my coaches. It's all the time, all the time. And it's like, I really feel like I'm Neo plugging into the matrix and it's like, whoa, I know Kung Fu. That was my Keanu impression, you're welcome. Okay, so that's kind of my thing is that if you're not willing to do this, what I'm about to share, then I think you just like, listening to someone else on a podcast that might be me, but not really doing anything with it. Just kind of going in one ear, out the other. Oh, yes. I love you guys so much. But so many times when we get a lot of feedback, it's like, I love this and I love this. Again, I love the feedback. So don't take it as like a lack of gratitude. It's people sharing confirmation of what they already know. We had a lot of, with the tarot episode last week. We had a lot of people saying, thank you so much for bringing tarot into the conversation because I've been using tarot for years. It's a confirmation. And there's nothing wrong with that. Again, is the right or wrong? Is it just another mindset? It's just pointing the finger to what we do is we say, hey, this is how things work. This is what's right. This is wrong. This is what, uh, this is, what is and not and all these things. And then when we hear things that confirm that, we're like, that was amazing because you just said exactly what I already know and already believe. That's great, we need that. But that's not learning, it's not learning, okay? For the person that listened to that episode last week that was like, what is this tarot? What is this nonsense, sorcery, witchery stuff? And then by the end was like, I'm gonna try this. That's friggity diggity learning right there. That's called being open-minded and open-hearted and willing to try something on and realizing I wouldn't bring something on if there wasn't a reason or a purpose behind it. So here's what I recommend if you really want to learn. Number one, step one always is find your mentors. If you're still listening to me, I'm going to assume, but you know, assuming makes an ass out of me, not you, (laughs) that you find me as one of those. Humbled, 
grateful, very honored. Thank you. Find your mentors, right? Find the people that have what you want. Don't necessarily, and this is important. I think it should be more have what you want in some senses of the world. What I think too many people are doing is saying, I want someone who thinks exactly like me. Don't you want to learn from someone that has a different perspective? That's where you're really going to learn. So they have something I want. I looked at this real estate investor and I love that he's younger than me. He's like 30 and he has $6 million in investment properties right now. I'm like, that's awesome. I have something I can learn from this person, right? So find your mentors. When you find your mentor, when you've chosen your mentors, this is critical. You must, must, must step into being 100% coachable with them. And again, I've already spoken to this, but I can't tell you how many uncoachable people are even when they come to me. That's okay. I just call them out on it. But it's like, why are you doing that? It doesn't make any sense to me. That's my uncoachableness about uncoachability. It doesn't make sense to me. If you're going to pay somebody money, why would you pay that person money if you didn't already say, this person, I want to actually learn from them, right? Okay, so being 100% coachable really means active present listening to begin with. It means, are you listening and receiving? And this part's really important. I'm going to share a little exercise with you. Are you actively receiving what it is that they're giving you or is what's coming out of their mouth being chopped up and filtered? Like, is it going through the cheese grater before it gets into your conscious mind? That's how most people are listening. It's getting chopped up and diffused and distorted until it fits with what they already know. That's not present, active listening. So, I'm going to see if you can do this. Because you can do it in a moment if you choose it. I'm going to say something into the microphone in a moment. And this is an opportunity for you to practice active listening. So your goal is to be present right here in this moment. To hear what I have to say. That's the goal. I want you to be so present and to hear so badly what I have to say. is as if your life depends on it. And that you'll actually, here's the goal, is to recreate what I say in your mind. The goal is for it to become yours. It's like that game of telephone where, you know, one person says a word and it passes through all these people, right? And obviously it gets distorted by the end, but it's that same thing. If the, if the word in telephone was like pickle, you want to make sure that you say pickle, right? You hear pickle, you receive pickle, you recreate pickle in your mind, and then pass it on to the other person. So I'm going to say this one more time. I'm going to say something in a moment. And your goal when I say this is to be so present and have such a desire to hear what I have to say so badly that your life depends on it. And you actually, your goal becomes to 100% actually recreate what I say in your mind. Almost like a 3D modeling printer. You want to recreate word for word, idea for idea, 100% what I say in your own mind. Okay. Ready? active listening begin. Whatever problem, struggle, or challenge that you may be experiencing right now, we can both agree it's not permanent. It has an end. And you are experiencing that challenge, struggle, or problem for a reason. It is here to teach you. It's here to teach you something so that you are fully prepared for all that you have asked for. 
the quicker you get that, the quicker you can also recognize that that means your success is inevitable. And the faster you learn those lessons, the faster you're going to experience that success. Okay, end. Now, how was that? Did you experience me differently? Were you listening differently? If not, I'm going to ask that you rewind this a minute or two, re-listen to those instructions and try again until you experience something different in your listening. The moment you have the distinction and awareness of what active listening is versus this kind of passive, filtered, half-asleep listening, that alone is going to radically transform your ability to learn. It starts with listening. That's the receiving device. Okay. So, recapping so far, how to learn. Find your mentors. You got to be 100% coachable to them. It starts with the active present listening, which we just went over. Then, when you are observing and watching and learning from your from your mentors, you want to be obsessed with how they think. You want to begin to practice, try on, and adopt their mindset. How did they come to this conclusion? How do they think about this? Why did they see it this way? You want to be obsessed about their mindset, even to the detriment of your own. Stay present with everything that they share with you, especially the stuff that doesn't make sense. Notice when you get confused. Notice when you're trying to reject something because it just doesn't fit and notice it. Those are the things that you're going to want to lean into, not resist. That's the biggie. And then if they have you do homework, if they have you take actions, if they have you do something, just freaking do it. Take the actions they're telling you, they tell you to take. That will be the ultimate teacher. For example, James and his program, one of his first things was he says, call an agent and say, bop, bop, bop. Guess what I did? I called my agent and I said, bop, bop, bop. And then he said, okay, then you want to schedule at least a day where you can look at at least five listings. Well, I went above and beyond. I did two days and I did 12 listings, but that's me overachiever, okay? I'm just receiving, I'm listening, I'm paying close attention. I'm trusting that this is my, my guru, my expert, my coach, my mentor. And if he's telling me something, there's a reason he's telling me something. There's a reason and I better pay attention. Okay. This one was a biggie for me. I was worried that something like learning would be too perceived as too simplistic and people unwilling to learn about how to learn would want to push us away or go, next, I just want to learn how to turn my computer into an ATM, <laughs> right? This is so critical because I can now go into a whole new business that I know really so little about and I'm going to get where I want to go a lot faster. We're in escrow in our first property. I'll keep you guys posted on how things are going, the ups and downs. I love staying in student mode and love screwing up and being messy and making mistakes and learning from those mistakes so that I don't repeat them and sharing that with you guys. Let me know how you think of this episode, especially let me know on the Instagram. Tag me, screenshot on your stories or hit me up in the DMs because this one was a biggie for me. Like this one's really near and dear. And again, it's a very different counterintuitive approach that I have around this conversation of how to learn, how to listen, how to receive, what to do with information that's gonna challenge your set way of looking at the world. Let me know. And I guarantee you, if you did listen to this one again, you'll hear something you didn't hear the first time. I guarantee it. Okay, you're amazing. Thank you so much. I'll see you on the next episode. Take care.
Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I want to show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.